Living a well-balanced lifestyle goes beyond ensuring your finances are in order. Welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara speaks with wellness industry leaders and related professionals to share more than financial planning advice. She addresses your questions about living a healthy lifestyle at any age. Learn how to gracefully maneuver life's challenges with support and resources to guide you along the way. Barbara and the team at Hightower help you make a plan, make an investment, and make a difference in your own wealth and well-being, and in your families, and within your community. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with your host, Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara, how are you? Well, Eric, I'm much better than you are today. <laughs> uh, I can hear it in your voice. Uh, yeah. So we we would love to be able to make you well today, but it doesn't sound like um, that's going to happen. In it's going to take a little bit. It's a, yeah, it's my first time having COVID and uh, boy, this is not fun. Not fun I'm, at all. I but I'm so glad to be here with you because you have a couple guests on the show today. And you're going to be talking about some health things. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I am all ears. Yes, you be ears and you can be quiet till we wind up at the end. Perfect. Because I'll ask you a few questions and I'll give you a chance to maybe get your voice together. All right. Sounds good. Terrific. So what we're going to discuss today is a resolution for a plant-based revolution. Because I'm going to ask my audience out there if any of you have ever thought about eating a healthier diet or having a positive impact on climate change? If you've ever tried eating just plants, do you know that if you ate a plant-based diet, you could be saving your life and saving 1,100 gallons of water and 30 square feet of forested land while producing 50% less carbon dioxide today and every day? Well, I'm excited to learn more because I have Dr. Jim Loomis and Karen Dugan on our show to discuss the plant-based nutrition movement. So Dr. Jim Loomis is an MD and MBA, a board-certified internal medicine doctor as a diplomat of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. He's also certified in plant-based nutrition from Cornell University and a fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Dr. Loomis has served as team internist for the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team, as well as tour physician for the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. Currently, he's medical director at Bernard Medical Center in Washington, D.C., and serves on the clinical faculty of the Department of Internal Medicine at George Washington University School of Medicine in D.C. Jim is an international speaker on the health benefits of a whole food, plant-based diet, and as an athlete himself, having completed an Ironman triathlon, excuse me, Jim, I corrected that, you might have seen him as the knowledgeable physician in the documentary, The Game Changers. Our other guest is Karen Dugan, an icon on the food and wellness scene where she is known as St. Louis Veg Girl. She studied under Dr. Neil Barnard at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine's Food for Life program, becoming a certified instructor, and she regularly appears in cooking and nutrition segments on the St. Louis affiliates of NBC, CBS, and Fox. Karen is a plant-based certified personal chef and a certified health and wellness coach. She founded the Center for Plant-Based Living, the nation's first plant-based nutrition and culinary education center located in St. Louis. And together, Jim and Karen have launched the Doc and Chef YouTube series to educate and reach more people. So Jim and Karen, welcome. 
Thank you, Barbara. This is such a thrill to do this with you. I yeah. know. It's so much fun. Yeah, thank you. This is a, looking forward to it. Well, I'm happy to have you join us today to educate many of us on plant-based nutrition. We know there's a lot of confusion and many myths out there, and we look forward to clearing a lot of that up. So I'm going to start with you, Karen. How did you even become interested in this plant-based lifestyle? Actually, the same way, unfortunately, many people do, and it was through a health crisis. I lost my dad to cancer in 2008. And then just 10 weeks later, I was diagnosed with cancer. So it was really the one-two punch that I needed to get my health on track. I thought I was fine, but I've learned over the years that the absence of sim symptoms does not equal good health. So it, it was really that that catapulted me onto this plant-based diet. Well, I'm sorry that's how you got started, but you know my story. It's pretty much the same as yours. Dad had quadruple bypass, yeah. had yeah. cancer. Yep, yeah, the whole story. So nine years ago, I jumped on the bandwagon. So Jim, I understand that medical training does not generally focus on nutrition. So how did you end up becoming such an expert? Well, uh, same story. I was in St. Louis for a long time. I trained at WashU, Barnes Hospital in St. Mm -hmm. Louis. You know, I, I thought eating healthy was low fat dairy and lean meat and fruits and vegetables and whole grains and try not to eat too much ice cream, kind of the old food pyramid. Sure. And unfortunately found out that you can't outrun a mediocre diet after a knee injury and I had to wait to get surgery and I started to gain weight and then I didn't do the rehab after surgery and gain more weight. And next thing I know, I was a patient. I had developed atrial fibrillation because I had undiagnosed sleep apnea and my cholesterol through the roof and I had borderline diabetes and borderline blood pressure. And I'm seeing my my friends, world-class docs in St. Louis, and no one ever had a conversation about lifestyle. It was all about pills and such. And I knew I knew the road I was on, where I was going to be. I was in my early 50s at the time. But what I didn't know was kind of how to like how to turn the ship around. And, and one day, laying on the couch, I, I just stumbled across the documentary, Forks Over Knives, about using food as medicine. And I thought, wow, how come I didn't learn that in med school and adapt a plant-based diet within a few months? I'd lost 40, 50 pounds, all of my medical issues resolved, and, and the rest is history, as they say. Wow, that's amazing. So I am going to ask you, Jim, what is the difference between a whole food plant-based diet and when someone says they're vegan? Yeah, that's a great question, and it comes up all the time, because I think, especially today, as the interest in plant-based eating has, has really risen in society, there's a lot of conflation between the two. And, you know, veganism comes from a place of compassion. We, you know, I think we do have cognitive dissonance where our food really comes from. I mean, that chicken breast, it's all wrapped up pretty in plastic. Doesn't, you know, there's a backstory from the, behind that that's pretty horrific. But veganism really is about being compassionate to other living creatures. So don't eat them, don't wear them, don't use products tested on them, et cetera. However, there's a lot of really unhealthy food that's vegan, right? White flour is vegan, sugar is vegan. You can get vegan ice cream and vegan cupcakes and vegan cookies. And, and aren't and, Oreos and donuts vegan? They, they, yeah, you can get vegan <laughs> donuts, right? And a good example is actually, you know, like Beyond Burgers and Possible Burgers. I mean, they're certainly better for the cow, and they're a little bit better for the, and they're better for the environment. But they're not, and they may be compared to a hamburger, a little bit better for you. But they're not a health food. Highly processed, thirty percent of the calories, you know, from fat. So, you know, as a transition food, I think it's good. But, but that's not what Karen and I talk about. What we talk about is whole food, plant based. In that, it's vegan in the sense it eliminates the animal foods, but also eliminates these highly processed foods. So in other words, it's, it's thinking about eating your food as close to the ground as it was grown. 
Wow, that's very helpful. Thank you for that explanation. And so Karen, you're a coach, you help people eat the right way. How do you get them to choose the right food? And I'm gonna have to ask you this early on, either one of you can jump in because you we all know we get these questions all the time. Where do you get your protein? And isn't olive oil healthy? Gotta say it, gotta ask it. Our audience wants to know. Yeah. We're happy to share. My gosh. Um, how do I get people to see? Here's the thing. I am not a salesperson. I'm not. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to come running after you with a bunch of kale. I'm not going you know, to. It's not, you know, it, you know you're going to walk through the doors at the Center for Plant-Based Living curious, maybe not 100% on board. But, but I just, do like your kale salad, I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> I love making it for you. <laughs> I think I've made it probably three or four times for you. You have. I love uh, it. Um, yeah, so I just, I'm I'm not going to come, you know, I don't beat the vegan drum. I'm not out there, you know, talking about it all the time. Please come into the shop and we can have a discussion about it. You can take a class. I think probably the the best way to sell it is to take a class and to eat the food. And it's not weird food. You know, you think about like I just did a I have a weekly segment on our Fox affiliate here in St. Louis on Tuesdays. And yesterday's segment was about sitting down at the Christmas table, the Kwanzaa table, the Hanukkah table, the, the holiday table and sharing food. So, you know, I'm still the weird one in the family because I'm really the only one who eats this way. My husband does mostly, but, you know, he's, I don't know, somehow not considered weird but so the the segment was what do you bring to the table right you know and and that you can share with people where they won't be like oh gosh weird vegan food um <laughs> so i brought and they're actually it's actually jim's recipe sweet potato stuffed mushrooms and we made it on tv and we talked about how we can gather around the same table eat different food and still have a lovely time so when you see potatoes and or sweet potatoes or whatever potatoes and mushrooms you don't think oh that's weird vegan food you just right. think potatoes and, and mushrooms right so it's it's about you know sharing food that is recognizable for everyone and nobody thinks that they're they're diving into the this world this weird vegan world and then also educating people on why we're eating this way right and even and i and i don't like to say as you know, we all are pretty the, the, on, on this call, pretty positive people. So I don't want to take food away from people. I don't want to say you can't have meat or you shouldn't have meat or dairy, you know, dairy's the devil or all this stuff, you know. <laughs> I want to say, listen, I want you to up your fiber. I want to up your greens. I want you to add three colors to your plate or four colors to your plate. It's about adding, 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 not taking away. Because when you're adding mm. these quote unquote, you know, well, healthier foods, they are healthier foods, but you know, people have different definitions for that word. Um, when you're adding more plant-based foods, whole food plant-based foods to your plate, there's no more room for these other right. things that are getting you that's in right. trouble. That's right. Oh, that's so, good. More plants on your plate. It's that's a little right. bit of a nudge, but we're just not using the word nudge. Uh, and, good. Good. And Barbara, to answer your question about the protein, which is the one I get the most, right? You know, well, you know, the the kind of snarky answer is, well, when, when was the last time you turned on National Geographic and saw a special mountain gorillas or elephants? And the first thing that popped to your mind is, oh, my God, where do they get their protein, right? Well, probably never. <laughs> but where do they get their protein? Well, they're, they're, they get it from plants because they're herbivores, right? Well, that's the same place. You know, where does the protein come from in a piece of steak? Well, it came from the plants, the grass that the cow ate, right? So plants have protein. And and one way to kind of frame this and and, and you know, when we talk about olive oil, for example, is to 
think about calories to move this into kind of more of your world. Think about calories like we think about money, right? When we have extra money, we want to invest it in our financial future. And what we're looking for is a positive ROI, return on investment, right? So if you have 100 calories to, to invest in your health right this minute, you know, how are you going to maximize the ROI? So let's say you can invest it in olive oil. It doesn't matter, any oil, olive oil, canola oil, coconut oil, it doesn't matter, pick an oil. 100 calories of oil is about a tablespoon. It's, it's a little bit less than a tablespoon, actually. So first of all, how much space is that going to take up in your stomach and make you full? Not very much. And what do you get back from that besides fat? Nothing. There's no protein. There's no cancer-fighting phytonutrients. There's no antioxidants. You know, there's no potassium to lower your blood pressure. So in fact, edible oils, and again, it doesn't matter, olive oil, just pick one, are the worst return on your investment you can make nutritionally, right? So what about 100 calories of salmon or chicken breast or steak or an egg? Well, 100 calories of, of, of those animal foods are about, a, you know, it's about an ounce of steak, about an ounce of, of salmon, about an ounce of chicken. And what do you get back from that besides protein and fat? Well, nothing, right? There's no fiber. There's no, there's no cancer-fighting phytonutrients. And if you think about it, those animals have really just served as the middleman for the nutrition, right? They've taken the plants. They've the used stuff. all the good stuff. Exactly. They've used all the fiber and phytonutrients, and they've concentrated what's left in the protein and fat. Now, you know, 10,000 years ago, when we were hunter-gatherers, there was probably a survival advantage to having access to that concentrated animal fat and protein because we needed to get big and strong away from leopard and find a mate before we died of some infection when we were 30. So we never had to worry about if we overconsume these animal foods, are we going to get cancer or have a heart attack because we were already dead. We've unmasked all these chronic conditions as we extend human life expectancy over the past couple hundred years. What about 100 calories of broccoli or beans? Mm. Well, that's like 12 ounces, right? So think about how much space that's going to take up in your stomach. And what Karen was just saying about how when we eat these plant-based foods, there's no room for anything else. They become calorically self-limiting, right? And what else do you get from that? You know, 100 calories of broccoli is 12 ounces, somewhere in there. What, what do you get back from that besides, you know, besides the calories? You're getting more protein than in an egg, right? 100 calories of broccoli has about 8 grams of protein compared to 6 grams in an egg. What else do you get? 6, 8 grams of fiber, cancer-fighting phytonutrients, antioxidants. So that's why these plant-based foods provide such an incredible return on your health investment compared to animal foods and these more highly processed foods like edible oils. That's lovely. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. And Jim, I have to tell you, in the documentary, The Game Changers, the elite plant-based athletes were very convincing. But my friends that saw it, and they know I eat whole foods plant-based, they said, well, you didn't tell us about all the other stuff. <laughs> I'm like, w what do you mean? What other stuff? And he said, well, you always talk about heart health, reduced inflammation. You know, know, about the, you know yeah. where it's going, yeah. right? Uh -huh. You know, weight loss. Yeah, we've talked about all that sexual performance. No, I've never discussed that. But as a physician, I have to ask you, what drives most of your patients to seek you out for help? Honestly, the biggest driver is type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes. Mm. You know, unfortunately, type 2 diabetes affects going on 70% of the U.S. population today are either pre-diabetic or, or diabetic. And, Wait, and what was that number again? About, it's about 66, almost 70%, which is incredible. One <laughs> in every four incredible. healthcare dollars, one in every four healthcare dollars in the United States this year was spent on the treatment of pre-diabetes and, and diabetes or its complications. Oh. And I would tell you, and so that's, that's what people seek us out. But I'm going to say something here that, you know, we have turned type 2 diabetes into a chronic disease. We have diseasified it. 
but it is not a chronic disease. It is a normal physiologic response to an abnormal behavior. As human beings, we did not evolve to sit behind computers all day and eat Krispy Kreme donuts, right? And when we lead a sedentary lifestyle and eat these highly processed foods, you know, our bodies are storing that energy just the way we're designed to. I mean, think about your car. When was the last time you parked your car in the garage for a year and didn't drive it, but still put gas in it five times a day? Yeah, that doesn't happen, does it? Right. When was the last time you emptied your gas tank and it holds 15 gallons, but you went ahead and put 30 gallons in? (laughs) Never. (laughs) When was the last time you put diesel gas in your car, even in moderation, and expected to run right if it runs on regular and let it? And when we treat our bodies worse than our cars, right? What happens? Type 2 diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure. These are, we call these chronic diseases, but they're not. These are foodborne illnesses at their core. So can we call them fixable diseases? They are. They're curable, completely curable, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Well, Karen, we mentioned fiber in passing when we were talking about beans, and I particularly like lentils and broccolis right up there. So how much do we need and what are ways to get it in our diet and why, just really, why is it important? I think a good round number is 40, shoot for 40, but I definitely, you know, if somebody's new to a plant-based diet or they're just wanting to add more plants to their plate, I don't think you should start at 40. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Right. Uh, You can try, but don't come, you know, yapping at me because you're, you can't fit into your genes because you're too bloated. I would say um, start with you know, don't don't count your calories, don't count your fat grams, don't count your carbs, don't count anything. If you're going to count anything, maybe count your steps and definitely count your fiber. So I would say if you don't know, if you're just starting from day one, for one week, I would say 10 grams of fiber a day. And you'll find that if you are switching, if you're adding more plants to your plate, you will find that probably by lunchtime, you'll have 10 grams of fiber already. You'll think this is easy. And it is easy, but you have to take stairs, the stair step approach. The second week, I would say get up to 20. The third week, they're in the fourth week. So it'll take about a month to get up to that 40-ish grams a day. That's another way to transition to a whole food plant-based diet without really thinking about it, right? If you're just thinking about your fiber, because you'll look at your plate on day one, and then you'll look at your plate on day, let's say 30, and it'll be much more abundant in plants, much more colorful. And the only thing you're doing is counting fiber grams. Now, and I will tell you, people say, I really have pretty food when I go somewhere and they see my plate. It's much more colorful. It is. Everybody wants to try your food, right? Yes, when you're yes. at a restaurant and somebody, maybe you go to a restaurant that really just shoot, you have to really search that menu, right? <laughs> and right. there's just nothing, but the, the server is super helpful. The chef is ready for it. They want to, you know, they want to play around. Best and to call ahead though. Best yes, call it ahead. is best yes. to call ahead, but it is always your dish, Barbara, or my dish or Jim's dish. It is, people are like, Ooh, what's that? You know, no, you're right. It's beautiful. But I would, you know, also in, in this in this whole fiber talk, I would say start with smaller beans. So small, I would say start with lentils because the, the skin is going to be very thin and it's going to be very soft on the inside. I would also say start with black beans or white cannellini beans because those are really, those aren't too hard in your digestive system. Also, it hurts my soul to say this, but do not start with raw vegetables because it it's a lot of work for your digestive system to attack. Mm. So steam your vegetables, like you know, blanch your vegetables, and then also if you really are trying to get in more beans, do a hummus, right? 
or make some black oh, bean sure. burgers. Sure. So you're almost pre-digesting those beans. So your body doesn't have to do quite as much work. Oh, that's great. Well, Jim, I'm going to pop back here and ask you, if on a plant-based diet, we're told that if we're only eating plants, we need B12 supplements. And I'm curious about your position on how the best way we get our omega-3s and sure. why that's even important. Excuse the interruption. I know you're listening to Hightower's Keeping the Well and Wealthy podcast. But if you have questions related to these or other wellness and financial issues, please reach out to your advisor or go to hightoweradvisors.com to find a financial advisor near you. Now, back to Barbara. Right. So, so first of all, B12 is something that people on a plant-based diet need to supplement with. What's interesting, though, is that Institute of Medicine says that anyone over the age of 65 should supplement with B12 because we lose the, totally lose the ability to, to absorb it. We need stomach acid to absorb it. There's a lot of misconceptions. B12 doesn't come from meat. It actually comes from bacteria that live in and on the meat. And we used to not have to worry about it. because, And so these bacteria come from the dirt. First of all, we used to not have to worry about it because we got our food out of the dirt. We played in the dirt. We drank water that had bacteria in it. So we didn't sure. have to worry we about it. We drank out of the hose growing exactly. up, right? Yeah, or no, from the stream, right? So we or drank the out of the stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is now we put so many chemicals on our food, pesticides and herbicides, we have to scrub the dirt off. We polluted the water, so we have to chlorinate it. So we've kind of lost that natural source of bacteria, of B12. And in fact, cows that are raised in a CAFO, you know, finished in a confined feeding lot, have to be supplemented with B12 because they're not being, oh, they're not being exposed to the B12. That's either, fascinating. Right? So they talk about that in Game Changers, actually. Yes, um, I recall that. So, so we need about 500 micrograms of B12 a day, somewhere in there. Uh, there some, there's, there's two forms. It can be methyl or, or cyanocobalamin. I don't think it makes a difference. Some experts say more cyanocobalamin because it's more self-stable. Some people say you shouldn't do the cyano because it's got cyanide in it. <laughs> I have never seen anybody with a B12 level too high or too low taking 500 micrograms of, of, of either one of those. I honestly don't even know if I'm taking methyl or cyanocobalamin. Now, omega-3s um, are, are also interesting. So omega-3s are compounds that are anti-inflammatory to our bodies. And omega-6s are inflammatory. And we need inflammation. So, so we actually have an evolutionary preference to, to consume more omega-6s than omega-3s. But it's felt like that the optimum ratio is about three to one, somewhere in there. So three to one, omega-6 to omega-3. Okay. But here, so where do they come from? Well, omega-6s in the modern world come from meat and dairy primarily. But they also are found in, in processed oils like, like, like olive oil. So olive oil actually has a 13 to 2 omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, which is much higher than that 3 to 1 ratio that we're talking about. Omega-3s come from things like hemp seed, flax seed, you know, chia seed that you also found in green leafy vegetables. We talk about fish oil, but if you follow the food chain, it's actually algae. So it's plants where it comes from. Mm. So here's the problem. If you're on a standard Western diet, you, you'll see omega-6, omega-3 ratios 50 to 1. If you're on an unhealthy... 50 to 1. If you're on an unhealthy unhealthy vegetarian vegan diet, you can see it 20 to 30 to 1 if you're doing a lot of processed oils. So the problem is if you've got a 50 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, you'd have to drink a couple gallons of fish oil a day to bring that ratio back to balance, right? Uh, so, sure. so you've got to do two things. You need to increase your omega-3 intake and you need to decrease your omega-6 intake. And, and again, we're way overexposed to omega-6s. Corn oil, for example, is the has the highest. It's 83 to 1, omega-6 to omega-3. 
and they actually mix corn oil with cow cow feed to fatten them up faster, right? So, so if you look at the omega six content of a grass fed beef, uh, omega three of a grass fed versus a, a, a you know corn fed cow, uh, within a couple weeks of switching to corn, the omega three levels go to zero actually in, in cattle. So that's why meat and dairy is because what we feed them is is so are so is so highly inflammatory. So now you can if if you eat. A, a true whole food plant-based diet where you're really minimizing these processed oils and you're really paying attention, you know, purposefully consuming chia, flax, you probably don't need to supplement. That is very difficult though for most people to do, to get rid of all that omega-6. It's very hard uh, because, you know, you don't have, if you go out to restaurants, you really don't have control. Also, if you've got, you know, so many of the chronic diseases that we see today have inflammation at their base. So, I do recommend and I take mainly for athletic performance to help me recover. I do take an allergy based omega three. And and what you're looking for is one that has about 300 to 350 milligrams of DHA, which is one of the two EPA DHA. So if you get three to 350 milligrams of DHA, that you should be fine. There's some con, there haven't been a lot of research around the the long-term health benefits, but, but people with chronic inflammation, inflammatory disease, arthritis, you know, endurance athletes, such as that, I often will ask them to supplement with with the omega threes. But the but the real key here is to get rid of to really decrease your omega six intake. That's really the answer here. It's not more omega threes; it's less omega sixes. So, on a whole foods plant based diet, if you're not really having dairy or right. eating oils, right. you really fine. don't consume omega sixes. That's right. That's right. So okay. there's there's some there's some omega sixes in, in in nuts and seeds, which are fine. So if if if, if you're doing that, you probably don't need an omega-3 supplement, frankly. But again, if you're endurance athletes, I, I think may benefit because it helps you recover faster and such, but that's pretty nuanced. Or if you've got some, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, ulcerative colitis, uh, psoriasis, one of these chronic inflammatory diseases, there may be some benefit from and high cholesterol, for example. There may be some benefit of, of adding a little bit of the plant-based, uh, algae-based omega-3s. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Well, Karen... You know, you're my food expert, so, and I'm a foodie, love good food, so you always direct me to the right recipes. I try. So, I try. <laughs> what do you think about all of these new plant based burgers and sausages and plant based cheeses, plant based yada yada? Everything I, that's out there, they say now it's plant based. Isn't that healthier for you? Oh my gosh, Barbara, it makes me cringe. Uh, <laughs> because I was just watching TV the other day and Tide, yes, Tide, the the laundry detergent said it was plant-based. I mean, everybody oh. is using plant-based. Are you serious? Yes. That? That's yes. hysterical. Yes. Gosh. But I'm not drinking it. I'm just saying. No, yeah, just no. <laughs> don't eat those cute little pods, right? No, <laughs> no it drives me batty. Well, I think you know, in a sense, yes, it does drive me batty, but it's also um, a little bit of um, job security um, <laughs> because we have to keep educating people. And back when this whole, when the word plant-based first started, I coined it as healthy vegan, right? So okay. now it, it's, it's, there's a lot of gray area and we see mm. the Beyond Burgers and, 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 and impossible my gosh my impossible burgers and that whole line of food say they're plant-based and i mean it's vegan sure just as jim was talking earlier great for the environment you know great for the cow you know maybe a little better for us who knows um 
slightly, but I'm not a fan of all that stuff. When I go to a party and they have it, yes, I am going to try it because I'm curious, right? But I think when people are starting a plant-based diet for health, typically for health reasons or specifically for health reasons, excuse me, they should not be going to buy those ultra processed or processed foods because okay. processed foods or processed foods are still adding to, to, to Jim's point. They're still adding oil. They're still, it's all, it's ultra processed. I just saw a study yesterday come through that. And to no surprise, because we've been saying this for months and months that type three diabetes is now is the same as Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's is, is coined as type three diabetes. And uh-huh. that is engaged by too much eating too much ultra processed foods. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's vegan or not, or plant-based or not, but if it's highly processed, it's not doing you any favors health-wise. So not a fan. I would much rather be in the kitchen, right. experimenting, making my own. So making your own burger out of beans or lentils and beans adding and some flax and, and oats. and That's right. right? Mm-hmm. Plus they taste really good when you do well, it yeah. yourself because you make it taste good, right? Well, thank, I mean, yes, I'm always experimenting, but also you have complete control over your food then right. when right. you are making it yourself. Well, Jim. So, so, oh, go ahead. So go I was ahead. just going to throw in there, yeah. throw in, you know, one, what, when patients ask me about this, one kind of simple tip I give them is if you're, if you're at the grocery store and you're contemplating more of a, a packaged food to look at the ingredients and try to imagine them on the table. And if you can read each ingredient on the table by itself, if you can readily identify where it came from, then it's probably okay to eat. If you can't, you probably need to be careful. So Beyond Burger, what are you going to see? A pile of brown powder, which is genetically modified pea protein. You're going to see a bowl of clear liquid, which is coconut oil. There might be some herbs and spices you might recognize, but the vast majority of the ingredients in a Beyond Burger, you have no idea where that came from. You watch Karen make a, a black bean burger in her shop or at home. What do you see? A bowl of black beans. There might be some flaxseed. To bind it, there's going to be maybe some grated up carrots or beets to go inside, some chopped up cilantro, some herbs and spices, maybe a little oatmeal. You know exactly where all of that came from, for the most part, right? So so that's an easy... Now, there are processed foods. There are foods you can buy that meet that pass that kind of test. I'm not saying that all packaged food is bad, but... Well, I'm again, sorry, Jim, I am not making tofu. Just saying. I'm just right, saying. Right. But, but, you know, but you know where the tofu came from. Right. right? I mean, it's just curdled soy milk. Right. right. So the so, ingredient so, list is small. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's soybean. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If you what are the ingredients in tofu? Soybeans. Right? That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying the finished product. I'm talking about the ingredients. So the so, tofu. So is, let's talk about ingredients. So I just made, and I'll share this with you later, Karen, the best caesar salad dressing i ever made but i used cashews yeah and so let's talk a little bit about nuts because people think eating nuts is a really healthy thing to do now i'm using some for dressing right so it's a little bit let's talk about nuts and the fat in nuts yeah so so nuts are, are a whole food and they're whole food plant-based. You can, uh, I can, I will include avocados in this discussion because it's okay. the same kind of thing. It's a big nut. Right, right. <laughs> and, but, but high in fat, right? And there are some people that say, well, you should avoid that completely. And I completely disagree with that. There, there's lots of research. There are health benefits very specifically that have been shown from nut consumption. But you do have to be very careful. And so especially patients who have a chronic metabolic issue, you know, obesity, type 2 diabetes, the key here is limiting your fat intake, trying to 
you know, trying to limit it to no, no more than about 30, 35 grams a day, somewhere in there. And that's pretty hard to do. And that's where you have to be careful with the nuts because say, say I want to make a snack in the afternoon and Trader Joe's has these great little brown rice cake squares, right? And I want sure. to put a little peanut butter, maybe a slivered up apple, maybe a little cinnamon, perfectly healthy, right? But what I have to be careful about is getting that peanut butter out and a spoonful for Jim and a spoonful for the cracker and another spoonful for me. Oops. And next thing you know, yeah, you know, it's two thirds of my fat intake or I'm going to make a cashew cream sauce. Right. And I get the cashews out and a handful for me and a handful for the blender, a handful for me. That's what you have to be careful with. So so nuts are fine, but but they have to be in the context of a relatively low fat diet. So that's the answer here. Nuts are fine, but you have to be careful because it's so easy. If I buy a big, you know, five pound, two pound jug of cashews from, from Costco, I have to literally put them in the back of the pantry or I, or I, you know, I, I find it's myself temptation, temptation, temptation. Right? So nuts are fine, but then it needs to be in the context of an overall relatively low fat diet. So thinking of weight and low fat diets, and you hear all the different ways people can lose weight. I've never counted calories. Right. So even when I was plant-based and someone asked, are you getting enough calories? I have no clue. Is it important to count calories? No, not at all. In fact, when patients struggle with, you know, say say they adapt a plant-based diet and their blood pressure is not coming down or they're not losing weight or their sugars aren't getting better, I, I will sometimes ask them to track their food for a day or two. But I only ask them to look at two things. And Karen's already talked about one of them. We just talked about the other. Track your fiber intake, be sure you're getting you're hitting that 40, 50 gram a day mark, and then track your fat intake, 30, 35 grams. And if you're hitting those two marks, then 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 you're gonna be fine. And again, almost everybody overestimates how much fiber they're getting and 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 underestimates how much fat they're getting, right? And you can almost always find the issue. It's and it's all and a lot of times it is things like nuts and seed and too many nuts or too much avocado. Or the oil, obviously. It's always the oil for me. It's, it's all, yeah. The it's all, the oil is so ubiquitous in everything, and you know, Karen talks yeah, about you, this. You, too, you talk you know. about reading labels. Almost right. everything has oil in it. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's really hard to find oil-free. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's so you don't need to worry point. about calories. It's just it's 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 Ratios. fiber and fat. Thank you, and Karen. And, and that's a good point, Barbara. When you're talking about the labels. We're not just talking about, hey, don't cook with oil or don't use it in your salad dressings when you're making salad dressing. You know, it shouldn't be in your packaged goods. It shouldn't be in your, if you're buying crackers or cookies or what, you know, whatever plant-based things you're buying. The oil is a no-go. If it has oil in it, put it back. There you go. That's an easy, easy lesson to learn. Well, I don't want to use up your entire day here. So I'm going to ask each of you to tell me How do you keep your well and wealthy? So Karen, go for it first. Well, I equate that with how do you set yourself up for success? And what I do is I keep hummus in the refrigerator or fruit or something that I can get into right away if I'm hangry, if I'm coming to and from the shop or out for the day, whatever. So, you know, really, and and this is when I do it, and then I also suggest that other people do it too. You've got to set yourself up for success by having stuff ready, having food ready in the pantry and in the grocery store, in the, sorry, the refrigerator. So that's, that's what I do every day. So, so that I know that I'm not tempted by other things. That's great. Have it ready and available. Mm-hmm. Good. And Jim? 
I think we make being well way too complicated, right? And, and I think the key to being well is just replicating the lifestyle that as human beings we evolved to lead, right? So what was that? Well, we had to be physically active because we had to hunt and gather food and run for white leopards. So we evolved to be physically active. You know, unfortunately, because we don't have to do that anymore, physical activity has devolved into what we now call exercise, right? We've come to view it almost as a discrete event, put on special clothes, go to a special place, do a special thing, not recognizing there's lots of ways to be physically active without exercising in the formal sense. You know, going for a walk after dinner, work in the garden, go for a hike in the woods, take the stairs instead of the elevator. And even accumulating in five to 10 minute blocks that 30 to 60 minutes a day is sufficient. We need to be emotionally well, and that's about how we recover from stress through sleep and, and such. And then we need to be nutritionally well, which means to eat what we're supposed to eat and not, what we're, not eat what we're not supposed to eat. You know, and I've done a lot of work with professional athletes. I've been an athlete. And, and this, you know, we are all athletes, right? When you, carry, when you carry the groceries up from the basement, the laundry, you're being athletic. When you carry the laundry up, when you carry the groceries in from the car, you're being athletic. When you work in the garden, you're being athletic. Now, some people are more athletic than others. So I think the key to optimum performance is, is really, again, just replicating this lifestyle that as human beings, we evolved to lead. And there's no, it's not rocket science. We've way overcomplicated all this stuff, right? And, you know, we evolved to eat mostly plants. Our ancestors weren't hunter-gatherers. We were gather-hunters. And we gathered unrefined plants. There wasn't a white flower tree or a canola oil bush around, right? We didn't have dairy because we hadn't domesticated other mammals. Now, we did eat some meat, but we don't need to do that anymore, especially when you start factoring in what you let in with the show about the impact that food has on the environment. Sure. You know, we because we're not starved for calories, we have the luxury of skipping the limit and just going to the plants. And so, again, there's really nothing complicated about about being well and but understanding that well that the absence of illness karen alluded to this earlier the absence of illness is not wellness right hmm. good line i like that so what i've heard today keep moving right we're going to keep moving eat more plants more plants on plates try to up our fiber be careful of that oil if you can avoid it Let's do without. And I didn't hear either one of you say to have a glass of milk for calcium today. So um, we can get calcium in a lot of places. So no milk, no Dark dairy leafy products. Greens. Leafy greens. There we go. Dark leafy greens. Mm -hmm. So what's the best way our audience can get in touch with you two? They can come to the shop. We are in St. Louis, Missouri and in Kirkwood. Um, we are also online. CPBL dash stl.com is and our we'll website. put that in the podcast notes yeah or you could just so. google us we'll we'll show up <laughs> yeah i bet you will <laughs> you two are are out there you're educating the public and i certainly appreciate all you've done for me personally and for our community in just terrific programming and um you know you converted three of my clients at our dinner we had just by the way just thought you should know that. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Wow. It is. Three Barbara, out of 20. That's, that's, wow. I'll take it. That's yeah. fantastic. Thank you for letting me know. Still I'm not so Steve. So we'll, we'll meet with Jim later. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, can you join us? Absolutely. So I know you're not feeling well. Do you think you're going to make any changes, though, to your diet? Well, it's so funny that, that this is the topic you had today because. I'm, I'm going to admit it. I'm a meat eater. I'm, so I'm outnumbered here. But it was funny because we had some leftover fajita steak that we had cooked for a, a church event. 
And I was so excited because it's my favorite season and that's soup season, not winter. It's soup season. So I love making soups. And so I got all my stuff ready, red, yellow, green bell peppers, onions, jalapenos, all of it, got it all cooked up. Right. And then it's time to add the steak and, and then put it in the pot to get it, you know, to become the soup that it's supposed to be. It was gone. My wife had given it to our son. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no. <laughs> However, I used some good spices, right? And so I made the soup anyway. It didn't need it. You it didn't, didn't it. need it. I love it, Eric. It, That's it, fantastic. It, you know, good good first so, step, my yeah. dear. Yeah. And I've, so I've got, uh, right now I've got uh, 13 containers in my freezer uh, because I, I, I cook it in bulk and then I, I freeze it and I, I sure. eat it all went sure. along with the other soups I make. But my question is, when I do that, I saute the, the vegetables and now you're eliminating oil for my sauteing. What should I be using? You're oh, on, Eric. Karen. <laughs> Eric, it's called a dry saute. All right. So you want to get your pan really hot and then add your vegetables and then pull that heat down to a cooking temperature. So that's about a medium, medium high and have off to the side a little cup of or a little bowl of either water or vegetable broth. Mm -hmm. and just and, and keep stirring it my friend you got to this is a mindful cooking game you got to stay on top of those vegetables because you don't want them to stick right you don't want them to burn so as the vegetables are letting off their water because all plants have yeah, water in them tons. and that water yep that water will come out and you'll you'll be stirring them easily because you'll yeah. be using that water in the pan that will evaporate as water does oil does not evaporate so you can walk away from your pan if you have oil in there, uh, we're not using it. Yes. So you got to stay on top of that. Keep stirring, keep stirring, keep stirring. And then as that water evaporates, it will start to stick just a little bit. That's when you throw in just a tablespoon or so of water just to deglaze because it might you might get some browning on the bottom of the pan. Mm -hmm. Deglaze and pull that that beautiful deglaze up in back into the food and that creates so much flavor keep doing that until your vegetables are ready for the next layer of ingredients Love it. and then by the time you get to the soup you're just it's just a simmer and you can walk away that's right absolutely there you go. you've just had a, your first whole foods plant-based no oil cooking lesson no yeah, charge, absolutely and, there and, you go well and karen i just wanted to remind you that this is not a plant-based podcast so <laughs> I, I don't know. Would. I might beg that. I might. I might. Come on, guys. I wore green on purpose. I might argue that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Today's yes. Today is maybe. Yeah. But, but but you know, Eric. You, you know, it's funny you mention that because because when I talk to patients, the only time I use the word like vegan is to say I'm not talking about being vegan. I just present the facts. What does it mean to be healthy? And and as human beings, you know, we evolved to eat mainly plants. And I mean, the, the, so as Karen said earlier. We're not talking about what you shouldn't eat. We're not talking about taking things away. We're talking about things you can add to your diet to be helpful. And the thing is, there's a substitution effect, right? When you're eating all these, you know, you, you eat that soup that's full of those beans and lentils and veggies. I mean, there, there's no room for steak. There's no room for ice cream at the end. Yeah. Because, it, you know, again, so, so the, the, the food itself kind of takes care of some of that, you know? Yep, absolutely. This has been fantastic, Barbara. Thank you, Eric. And thank you both, Karen and Jim. You're terrific. You know, I oh. love you guys. So, well, we thank feel you. the same Keep way about healthy, you. Dear. <laughs> thank you. Well, again, this has been fantastic. I want to just reiterate what Barbara said. Thank you both for doing this, Barbara. Of course, thank you for being an amazing host and always bringing amazing guests on the show. And our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Keeping the Well and Wealthy with Barbara Archer. 
If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Barbara comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hightower, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to go out in the world and make a difference. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Wealth Advisors. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Wealth Advisors is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.